authentic conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. America, the United Kingdom, my friends in the Virgin Islands and in the Caribbean. Today is November the 12th, 2014. And first things we need to do is a bit of housekeeping. Uh, got some feedback in my mind. Thank you. Uh, here, here's the funny thing. Uh, I want those of you that are on our email distribution list to be patient. I have some interns. They're young college students. And uh, they sent an email out today to everyone that is on our listener list and didn't BCC it, mean blind copy it. So we apologize for that. And be forgiving. I want to give young people an opportunity not only to have a little taste of what it's like to be in the real world and media, but also that it's okay to be imperfect. So I'm going to ask you to forgive me. Uh, we're learning, and my kids here, I have four wonderful interns, and they're learning, so pray for them, and uh, again, we apologize for that mistake. Now, let's talk about today's show. It is a very, very difficult thing to have faith, especially when you really do need to have it. You know, it, it's it's so easy when you have it going on and your card's going to get an approval card, you know that before you ever plop that little baby out and get it swiped. It is so very, very easy for us to feel some kind of way when everything in our life is just perfect and honky-dory and we have no challenge and we have no struggle. It is so easy for us to just go on about our affairs Whistling, singing songs, speaking to everybody, feeling like life is our apple and we're about to take a bite. But let's be honest. The times that you truly need a word from God or an answer from God, you feel like you're not probably getting one. If you're like me, you are doing some things that while everything is going so, so good, you look at other things and they seem to be going exactly opposite. You have a high over here and a low over there. You feel great one moment and depressed and frustrated and anxious the next. You get a word from God and you, whether it's for you or a friend, and you look at that word from God, but you don't like what that word is and neither did your friend when you shared it with them. And sometimes we are in situations that we feel are a outright curse, an outright setback. We're about to fall and we're losing traction. When in fact, dear one, I'm telling you, that is proof that God has his hands on everything that you're doing. I want you to be aware of something. 
you are not alone. Whether your problem today is looking for someone to love you, whether your problem today is hoping that you can meet that bill that's going to say, you know, if you don't pay this, we're going to pick that car up. We're going to cut your lights off. We're cutting your water off. Maybe your problem today is with an employer where you know doggone well you haven't done anything wrong, but these people are giving you the blues. You can't do anything right to save your life, and the person that's saying you can't do anything right hadn't even been with the damn company for more than two months, and you've been there 20 years, and you're wondering what is going on. I've worked here 20 years. This idiot shows up. Now I have hell to pay. The other side of this situation can be that everything is going right in your life right about now. All of a sudden, you just found out that you have cancer, you have an affliction, you have a tumor, you have something going on with your health, you feel a lump in your breast. I want you to know that all of that is horrendous, as crazy, as jacked up, as messed up, as disheartening, disconcerting, disenchanting as that may feel, as that may be, dear one, I promise you, when we look deep enough, you will find quick and in an irrefutable hurry that all of this, every single bit of it is working for your good. Let's start by doing a couple of things. First, let's talk about the difference between God, the Holy Spirit, and your angels. There's a saying that to effectively use any tool, you must understand the purpose for the tool's creation. I like to use the example of a uh, the example of a hammer. You can use it to clean your teeth, but when you get finished, you won't have any teeth, right? You can kill a fly or a wasp in your house with a shotgun. It's a bit of overkill, especially when you have to answer to the police when they wonder why you discharged a shotgun in your apartment or your house, or you're wondering how did you accidentally shoot your neighbor across the street when all your objective was was to eliminate the presence of an insect that you have a fear of. But we do this every day, all day. It is no secret that more than often what we do as human beings is make decisions that are not the most reasonable of decisions, and that's why God gives us help. Now, let's start with angels. No, they're not those little fat, chubby fellows you see on Valentine's Day flying around with a a pillowed heart to bust you in the behind and make you love someone or scratch that itch for you. No, that's not angels, as a matter of fact. I've done a great deal of research on this, and before some of you start going, oh, God, this is getting religious. I don't want to hear this today. Shut up and sit down. You're the main person that needs to hear this because if God has me telling you this stuff, that is the equivalent of the devil telling you it is going to be hot today. You might want to buy a fan or a bikini because, believe me, I did not believe in any of this stuff earlier in my life, but I will be the first to tell you that angels are very real, 
that the Holy Spirit is very real and God certainly does exist. Now, if you ask, you say, well, Doc, let's start with the big G. Let's start with God. How do you know God exists? Well, let me say this to you. I'm an empiricist. I'm a scientist. I am one of the people that if you want me to believe it, I need to feel it, touch it, smell it, and hear it to believe it. Here's one thing for those of you that are of a scientific mind. Think of the earth. Isn't it funny? It is just far enough away from the sun to where the sun can warm us and not incinerate us or that we are not so far removed from it that we freeze to death. Isn't it amazing that there is water on this planet? That means that the one common denominator that all life on this planet needs is water, and that water has to have a certain pH level or it will be too acidic for us to drink or too basic and make us just nauseous as hell if we even smell it. Isn't it amazing that that same water can be converted into several forms and remain water? It can become steam. It can become ice. It can remain a liquid. Isn't that funny that that same water evaporates, only goes so high, gets filtered by the environment, and returns to us as rain? If that's not enough for you, sure, I can go deeper. Isn't it amazing that you, before you were ever born, existed in the form of a spirit? How do we know that? Real simple. We know that we are all beings of light, i.e. energy, i.e. a great, indestructible, unstoppable force that moves at such speeds that we cannot calculate it. If you do not believe me, go in your closet, cut the light out, and see how long it takes the light to overcome the darkness. That same light, that incandescent bulb, thanks to Einstein, really was a brother working in the lab that helped him find it, but we'll go there later. The truth of it is we are the same energy. Isn't it amazing that all of a sudden in our conceptual state, God has designed it that before you even become a zygote, which for those of you who remember fresh year college, uh, science classes, or maybe senior classes in high school, before that sperm hit that egg, isn't it amazing that there was a divine orchestration of when that was even going to take place? Isn't it amazing that when a woman, before she's ever known to be a little girl, every egg in her body has already been determined which ones will be made available for fertilization, and the child hasn't even had a sex, been distinguished in sex yet. You don't know if it's a boy. You don't know if it's a girl. But that's already been assigned. Isn't it amazing that when a woman reaches a certain point and goes into menopause, it's about the same time she becomes a grandmother? Isn't that amazing that when a young man starts feeling that he knows so much, he realizes he knows so very little, and we come to that place so many times in our lives, we come to that place when we go from being a toddler and from an infant to a toddler, we realize that in adolescence. We realize that in midlife adolescence. And then when we get older and get ready to kick the bucket, we start realizing that no matter what we have attained or acquired in life, none of it, absolutely none of it, means more than the people that God gave us. Isn't it amazing? And you wonder if there's a God. What I say to you, fool, how could you not understand that there is a God? If you got some yo-yo like me telling you God is real, you can take that to the bank and draw interest on it. Now you ask, well, Doc, 
that may give me an explanation of God, but these angels, these seraphims and, you know, cherubims and all of these things that I've heard in mythology, how are they real? Well, isn't it funny that every society known to man up until this present moment has had interface with angels. Isn't it funny that in written text, even on cavemen, on the walls in which cavemen dwelled, we find evidence of celestial beings that came and interceded for such a time as to do everything from guide us out of a place where we certainly could not find ourselves. Why? Because there was no map. There was no GPS, but people say, and an angel came and led me. Even if you do or don't believe in Jesus, that's your business, I do, but angels led men from around the continent to find this little baby. Isn't it amazing that these same angels interceded in wars, and I don't care if you're agnostic, Jewish, I don't care if you're Buddhist, or you believe in, if you practice Hinduism, whatever you practice. All religions that have ever existed on the face of this planet, be you an African, be you an Anglo, be you an Indian, be you Arabic, whatever your national origin or ethnicity, look through your folklore, look through your history, and you will find documented evidence of angelic impartations, interventions, and revelations, all of mankind since we've been here. If that's not enough for you, like my mama used to say, oh, well, keep on living. You'll believe it sooner or later. Now, here's the next one. My favorite, my buddy, my best friend, the Holy Spirit, even Jesus said, I leave with you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. Now, again, let's say you don't believe in Jesus. I don't care what you call God if you say in the blessed name of Allah, whatever you call God, there is but one, but in each religion, that spirit of God dwells in this earth. To connect with it, all you have to do is request its very presence and sit down and shut your mouth i.e., lesson number one, some of you are not hearing from God because you talk too much. You are trying to be God, and you need to soften up. You want to help God help you, and let me tell you in the words of my aunt Midget, child, God does not need your help. Now, what do I mean by that? The Holy Spirit has been sent to be that inclination, to be those goosebumps, And I'm going to talk about that today, too, that you get when you pray, that you get right when you feel something about to happen, and something tells you turn left, turn right, don't proceed, stop, go. That is the Holy Spirit. It is embedded within you. That's why you hear this thing all the time, those of you that, and and again, I am your proof, people. I'm your proof. I, you know, I'm just going to be so transparent. I really thought evil was the manifestation of mankind's disdain, his own stupidity, the basic element of primal behavior gone wrong until this last year and a half. Then I came into an awareness that, you know what, 
I can't have this much bad luck. Now, what does that mean? What that means is I had a few events happen to me. And the last year, and my good friend uh, in Florida, Michelle, and I were talking, and she said, you know what, you're working with a person that is evil. And I'm not going to mention this person, but I can say it was connected to my long season of a pain in the butt over the summer. And when I look at that situation and that individual, I can see how it galvanized and contaminated relationships with employees, clients. It kept me up at night. It, it was a source of discomfort. And then when I look back at key times in my life, uh, you guys that know of me know I'm an adopted child. My mother did me a big favor. She was having a hard life, and when I came along, I was her fifth child. She was in the process of a divorce. I was not her ex-husband's child. And her aunt said, you know what, Rose, let us keep it. Let us raise this boy. Again, here's good and evil. I was birthed into some not-so-good circumstances, but through divine intervention and the unction of the Holy Spirit telling William McDowell to tell his wife, who was my mother's great-aunt, Edna, said, you know what, why don't we raise him? That's divine intervention, people. It's also divine intervention, again, when I look at my life at age five and Cicero and Juanita, my biological great-aunt's daughter, who I call my dear grandmother, said, well, mother, you told to raise this baby. Let us take him. Isn't it funny that God knows when to step in and move you from point A to point B? And even when Cicero died, I was 23 years old, and I look back, and I'm seeing this guy, Cicero Young, if you looked up good, decent, honorable Christian man or a good father, you would find my father's picture in a dictionary, rest his soul. That man on his dying bed with uh, pancreatic cancer and colon cancer, he never stopped worshiping God, never stopped paying his tithes, never stopped praying, and he became, in the midst of his suffering, more dignified than some people are in perfect health. But at the same time, my aunts, his siblings, because my mother was an only child, were trying to figure out a way to get their little greedy, graspy hands on my father's will and money. At the same time, my mother dies in 2001. So some of them same sorry folks and the caregivers had changed this poor woman's will. Mind you people, my mother was handicapped, incontinent, and walking on a walker. In the same amount of time, I get a phone call at University of Houston. I was a senior in pre-med at that time. They say, Mr. Young, your mother just passed away. It took me an hour to pack my stuff. It took me another hour, uh, 45 minutes, to get from University of Houston to Hobby Airport. It took 34 minutes or 45 for the plane to take off. It took an hour for the flight, and then it took another hour for me to go from a love field to uh, land and, I mean, leave Love Field and go to Fort Worth, Texas, where my mother had been laying in a hospital bed in my uh, bedroom that I grew up in. This woman was dead almost six hours. I asked everyone to clear the room, and I promise you, my listening audience, and right now the cumes look like it's 1.7 million people listening, so I'm not going to lie to you. This is the truth. 
I prayed over my mother. The woman took a deep breath and came back to life. Now, here's proof she was dead. The the police officer was still parked outside of the house. The funeral home had sent the hearse, and it was backed into the driveway to pick up her body. The nurse was scared to go back in the bedroom, right? Mother comes back. Cop is scared to come back in because he pronounced her dead. The funeral home man looked at me and he said, "Doctor, I wasn't Dr. Young. He said, uh, Mr. Young, he said, I've seen this twice in my life. He said, you are truly anointed. Now, here's what you guys don't know. Mr. D. Young, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, this man you're talking to now is in the gentleman's club business. I owned an after-hours club. I was the kind of dude that would bust your head to the white meat. And that means for my Anglo friends, they're like, to the white meat? What does that mean? Let me tell you, y'all, chill out. I'm a, your boy Your boy is going to bring you on with it. That means someone splitting your head open with a pipe or something is what that means. I was not the guy you would play with. I was the kind of guy that felt like if you had only one woman, you were weak. If you were a man, you weren't virile. I was the type of guy that didn't believe in nothing but Ben Franklin and my pistol. However, God changed me. All that talking in tongues, and I thought that was a bunch of bull, just to be honest. Well, let me tell you the truth. I do all of those things. I talk in tongues. I do it every day. I walk and exercise. I walk and jog about seven, eight miles every day, praying and talking to God. And believe me, he does hear and answer me, because if that were not the case, you would not be listening to my voice right now. The other thing that I can give you is irrefutable proof that God and the Holy Spirit exist. And again, using my life, my son's grandmother was not able to walk. She had hip issue after issue after issue. I prayed over this woman, and she got she started walking again. No problem. A blind Ursha. So you're talking to a guy. I would be the equivalent of Paul. I did not believe in any of that junk, but I'll be the first to say that it is evident in my life, and I'm going to be so honest with you people. If Flavor Flav had shown me what, God had shown me I'd have a big old clock around my neck. If Barney the dinosaur had shown me what God had shown me, I would always wear purple and green. In other words, what I'm telling you is don't let the smooth taste fool you. God is real. Now, let's get into you and getting your prayers answered and getting out your way because the number one reason why people don't succeed in life has nothing to do with they didn't have a good business plan. In many cases, they had plenty of seed capital, meaning money was not a problem. But they still didn't make it. Now, what is the obvious response to that? All my Sigma black belts out there, all my people that think your education has got you where you are, idiot. That has nothing to do with it. There is a plan for your life that despite your arrogance and stupidity, God is using you to be a blessing to open doors for other folks, even though you may be too thrilled to understand that he's blessed you too. For those of us, yes, I'm talking to you and you and me all at the same time. Let's talk about your prayers being answered. Picture this. You feel like you're supposed to do Let's make up something, some mission work over in Africa, South America. You might even say you feel called to do it, but the only problem is 
still don't have the resources to go. So, of course, you set yourself in a prayer mode, asking God to provide funding. You may even ask your friends and family. Weeks pass, months pass. You raise some money, but not enough. And then you go, well, what happened? Well, were you not called to do the work? Maybe you should have prayed more. Maybe you should have used different words, huh? Well, your story may not be like this or something similar, but it is no surprise when I hear people say, or I've even myself sometimes felt God has not answered my prayers, and then I'm thinking, what the heck do I need to do? First of all, here comes the scientist, Dr. Young. I want you to know this. Prayer is a metaphysical technology. Remember what I just said to you. This is very important. We will probably be doing a part two on this show. But prayer is a metaphysical technology. And when you ask yourself, how does prayer work, Doc? Well, it starts at the baseline of emotion. Without emotion, without feeling, prayer is useless. So what I'm saying to you is more to it than the words. Often what we want may be wanting the right thing, but we want it at the wrong time. Or when we get what we want, the way we want it, when we want it, we do what with it? Come on, let's be honest. I know for a fact I have prayed time and time again that God released a certain amount of money to me. And lo and behold, through getting hit in a car wreck, just good fate, whatever, that money comes to me. And then I don't, when I was younger, I could actually sit here and say to you, I took the money and mismanaged it. I didn't do what I should with it. And I will be so honest and say, uh, this thing is not working out for whatever reason. But the truth be told, God answered my prayer. I didn't allow him to direct me. So the first thing is, if you truly believe God gives only good gifts, then his response to our desires are what's best. I'm going to repeat that again. If we truly believe that God gives good gifts, Maybe his response to your prayer was actually the answer to your prayer, but it wasn't the answer that you thought you would get. Now, what does that mean? Okay, for those of you that are sitting up smoking and drinking that box of wine a little too early today, well, okay, I guess in London right now it's 630, so my friends in the U.K., go ahead and enjoy your box of wine. But the truth is sometimes we just don't like the answer. And this is pretty self-explanatory because we can swallow God not giving us what we ask for when we're asking for a Ferrari or when we're asking for a new house or for our favorite team to win a big game. We have no problem accepting that God did not answer that prayer. But when it gets real, when it's our health, like with me, I remember Cicero and Juanita dying, and I remember fervently praying, God, you know, my mother's lost her eyesight. My dad, you know, he can't get out the bed. I'm having to put diapers on my father. Please, Lord, just do this. And all of a sudden, or I'll give it even worse. Maybe you're not going through that. Maybe you're praying for employment, and it's month 
first it was weeks. Now it's months. And the bills are due. And then here's this moment when God's answers are just so hard to accept that we reject his answer. We prayed, you know, God, help my mother, please. And he helps her by taking her. He says, you know, I heard you. Let me go ahead and call her on in. When you ask God for that job and you get fired, just got a job, or you've been there 20 some years, they hire somebody, don't know what the hell they're doing, give them the job you deserve to get, and they fire you. And what makes it even worse, you trained the person that you fired. Or Take a look at this one. This happens all the time in my office. Men and women come to my office and they say, you know what, I'm praying that I have a sign of whether I should stay in this relationship or whether I should go. And guess what happens? Something really simple. You find panties under the bed. You're walking barefoot and an earring stud pierces your foot. You said, God... Show me what I should do. God, give me a sign. Now you got the sign, but you really don't like it. As a matter of fact, times when you want to know what can I do to survive. Look, we're going to take a quick 45-second break, and we're coming right back. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Don't go away. We're going to get to the good part. of our limited perspective. I'm here to tell you God is good, and he is the giver of good gifts, but trusting him. (laughs) Man, look, if you're like me, that's not all that easy to do, is it? Matter of fact, I'm going to be honest with you. Every week over the last 12 weeks, God has answered my prayers. I write down, you know, one of the things I want you guys to start doing. I want you to get a tablet. And quit asking God for stuff like he's Santa Claus. But write down, I desire that, and whatever that is, you fill that in. And then write because. This is one of the keys to getting your prayers answered. It's also one of the keys to knowing when God hears you. It's also one of the keys for you and your immaturity to turn around, look back, And really know that your prayers are getting answered. I'm telling you, I'm going to say this. 
I prayed, and I went on Facebook maybe maybe 60 days ago, and I requested my Facebook friends and family pray for me. And I said, I didn't even tell you guys what I was going through. Uh, but if you look up D. Yvonne Young on Facebook and go back to about July, maybe, maybe August, you will see when I requested this. And I'm going to share with you right now what those prayers were. You guys did not know this company had attempted to steal my name. That's right. They did me like they did Prince. They went and registered my website and their company name, and <clears throat> I had to buy it back and all this kind of stuff. I got it back. I had business compromises because that stuff was costing a considerable amount of money. God sent me help and people that I barely knew, and I didn't really even ask for the help. They asked me, what do you need? Barely knew, helped me. And I'm not talking about a little bit of help. I mean significant help. God, it was like God worked through people to the point, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you, it brought me to tears how good God was to me and sending these people my way. Second thing, when I asked for that prayer, I knew that once I got my intellectual property back and got my website back, these yo-yos would sabotage it, and they did. They even did some, had someone put out a lie on, on a ripoff report, all this kind of stuff on me. Ten years of practice, I've never had a problem. And all of a sudden, you know, the enemy, that's when I told you I didn't believe in Satan and evil, but I do now. Trust me, I do now. But the beauty of it, when all of that took place, God sent me new contracts from new clients from the University of Houston, Texas Women's University, some municipal entities, some state and governmental entities. I mean, just all of this stuff in the midst of what I thought was my Job experience. Now, here's the thing I want you to ask yourself. You're connected. Some of y'all came and go to the toilet without texting somebody. And by the way, that's just nasty. That's why I ain't going to ask to use your phone. Never mind. Never mind. I, I'm getting off track again. My producer's like, oh, God, here he goes. No, no, seriously. Can you just go and do number two and not use your phone? Because, you know, some of you, some of y'all go use the restroom and do number one and don't wash your hands. That's just nasty. And then, so from now when before you use somebody else's phone, you might want to just picture them and you get it? Me? Okay, cool. We get it. But anyway, here's the deal. Some of you are so unavailable because of your smartphones and you're recording your TV shows and social media, your emails, that drug or that substance that you're addicted to. I don't care if you got it with a prescription or from Tyrone Dope Man over in the hood, whatever. Are you really available to God? Do you allow the Holy Spirit and your angels to communicate with you? Because, see, all of those collective wonderful entities speak to us in many different ways, but sometimes we are so preoccupied that we are not making ourselves available to listen. What ways do we really allow God to contact us? Because for most of y'all, it's one hour on Sunday morning 
at church, be it church on TV, the Internet, or at the building. But if you go into church, and especially you single men and women, and some of you married folks with your nasty self, you're sitting up there so busy looking at what sister so-and-so got on, and you're flirting and winking and hoping that the person that you saw at church sees you, that you wanted to see that, you know, you're not even – you're not even in communication then. And then, do we really understand how to approach prayer? Are we so busy dominating the conversation, asking for what we want, and expecting God to be like the genie in the book, The Secret, or Santa, or an elf, or a leprechaun, or something, that we're expecting God to deliver whatever we've asked for? while we're feeling pious, well, I don't even want you to answer that, but I'll ask you another way. How many times and how often do you read God's word, whatever that is, to you? For you, that may be the teachings of Lao Tzu. For you, that may be the Ching. For you, that may be the Quran. For you, that may be the Bible. For you, that may be reading some Hindu text. Whatever it is, that's all good because God will speak to you in whatever language or, or custom that you're familiar with. But the question is, are you making time for him to talk to you? Or are you so busy every time something is wrong, you are running your doggone mouth calling Sister Cantaloupe and Brother Watermelon or, or talking to your friends, your mama, hell, your mama is crazy. Why are you talking to her about anything? You need to be trying to love on that woman and be like, mama, you know you're crazy, but I love you. Why are you sitting up with your pity party committee talking about all women ain't this, all men ain't that? And see, sometimes, sometimes you actually feel God trying to talk to you. But what do you do? Just like you do everybody else with your cell phone, you push the ignore button, boo. You screen his call. The moment when you're going to take the time and and meditate with God, to speak with God, to just spend some time alone with him, what do you do? Real simple. You get back on Facebook. You get back on Twitter. You get back on Instagram. You you know you go smoke you another joint. You drink another glass of wine. You do everything but take time. You make more time to be nosy as hell and stick your nose where it doesn't belong. You make more time to have an affair while you sitting up there screwing this man's wife or this woman's husband. You take more time to be walking around complaining, looking like a Halloween cat with a hump in your back. But you won't take an hour out of your day, 30 minutes, to just sit in silence and say, God, speak to me. You know, I'm feeling, Lord, I'm feeling some kind of way right now. You know, I've got some people that work for my company in India um, and the Middle East and the U.K., Italy. Some of them are probably listening to this show right now. Most people, especially the ones that have the least, do the most work. My, 
my arrogant Western American uh, vendors who I've used, you want to charge people three and four thousand dollars when the truth is you're calling some the same people I'm calling, and they're charging you two or three dollars an hour while you exploit their gifts and talents and don't pay them. That's a whole other thing. But my point is this. God has answers to problems you don't even know you have and answers to questions that you didn't even know to ask. But you set your alarm with good intention, but when the alarm goes off for you to talk to God, you hit the snooze button. The time that you were going to go walk and pray and meditate, you don't. Other times, times that you actually got your prayer answered, you treat God like you treat a $3 hoe on the corner. And, yes, I said it, so for my religious folks out there, I can hear you now. Oh, my Lord, did Dr. Young just call someone a hoe? <laughs> yes, I did. And I'm talking about you, especially you religious folks. You treat God like he's your valet, like he's your butler. Even when he's answered your prayer, you don't even take the time to thank him. And when you don't thank God, how do you think angels are going to – angels work for God. You dig? The Holy Spirit works with God. They are a package deal, people. You need to acknowledge, one, all three entities, and two, schedule – you schedule everything else. You schedule – I bet you on Thursday night, those of you in the West, you're going to be watching scandals, and a lot of you are housewives of Atlanta or whatever, housewives of Beverly Hills. You will schedule time to watch these weave-wearing wackos. You will schedule time to watch a make-believe story about people that are just, you know, this woman's in love with the president he married. You know, I mean, just all this crazy stuff. He getting the sloppy seconds of a man that works for him. You'll make time for all of that, but you won't make time. You're unavailable when God's trying to talk to you. And then you wonder why he did not bless this mess that you're trying to create. Yes, I'll agree with you. Okay, let's admit, you do have a lot to manage. You've got your jobs, your relationships. You've got your ambitions. Hell, some of you even have ministries. But why are you screening the very call you need to take? As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. Every holy book that I have read, and I've read them all, have some common denominators in them. One of them is to fear and honor God. The other one is to acknowledge him in your daily life. The other one is to pray. It's not all that complicated. Because being honest, God knows you crazy. He knows that you're still drinking and getting high and you're still screwing around and, and doing things you probably shouldn't be doing. But in spite of that, I'm, I'm here to tell you he loves you. I promise you some of y'all are going to really think I'm crazy when I share this truth with you. I remember being an undergrad in pre-med, and I was like, Lord, bless me with some weed because I know I don't need to be going down there you know, over to the CUNY grabbing the weed. And God helped me to find some weed in my house. Now, I know some preachers going, oh, Lord, he done lost his mind. The Lord ain't helped him to do that. Yes, he did, because when I found it, 
I looked at it, and I just kind of looked at it. I didn't even want to be bothered with it. It was almost like God let me see what I wanted to see and have what I wanted to have, and my conscience, the Holy Spirit is what I'm talking about, started dealing with me like, you know, is this really going to help you study? You may feel like it is, but in truth, is it? How can something that helps you forget, that causes you to forget, help you to study? That doesn't even make sense. That's like thinking if you drink enough, the sex gets better. If you drink enough, you're going to go to bed with somebody and wake up with that, that with a beast or something. You're going to be like, now, wait a minute. Well, now, what, well, before we went to sleep, you were attractive. What the hell happened? I'm going to tell you what happened. Those, not the Holy Spirit, it was those distilled spirits. And I'm not knocking if you want to have a glass of wine or whatever. That's your business, man. You know, you do, do you. But I am here to tell you that you cannot worship God and, and the devil and try to be wise and foolish all at the same time. Like my friend says on a commercial, that's not how this works. That's just not how any of this works. But here's the big deal. You have heard this term, silence is golden, right? And it's true. So the first thing I want you to learn to do is shut your mouth. Stop and take some steps to know that whatever your business plan is, your idea, it could be anything from should you get married to somebody all the way down to should you hang out with some people. Take whatever doctrine you read, the Bible, the Quran, whatever it is, text, whatever spiritual text you read, and just before you open it, just say, God, give me a sign. And you're going to open it, and you may not like what you see. That's really proof God has answered your prayer, all right? Especially if you read it, and you, if your first reaction to what you read is, damn it, you know, that's probably evidence that God is telling you don't do it, right? But after you do that, and let's just say, okay, let's say maybe you feel like it's just a coincidence, right? Then just sit in the quiet for a minute. You know, there's something I read in the Bible where it said, I will put my laws into their minds. Now, my brothers and sisters that are Islamic, the Quran says the same thing. So, you know, let's let's not get this twisted. In other words, God will speak to you through the Holy Spirit. He will just put something in your mind. And that's why we say spirit, because you know how they say spirit goes through walls. Some of y'all's heads and, and, and your, your head is so thick. We can use it to break wood. You know what I'm saying? So when it penetrates your mind and your consciousness, probably God. Now, here's something else. There will be times when someone will get a prophetic word for you. There's, it says, you know, where there is no people, no counsel, the people fail. But in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. Now, here, here's the trick. If you're like me and somebody tries to come tell you, you know, the Lord told me to tell you something. If this is what I want to hear, I am so happy and I just love you. But when you tell me what I don't want to hear or I don't feel like it applies all of a sudden, I'm going to be like, what God are you listening to? How do you know that's God? Well, I'm here to tell you 
I have gotten my butt kicked royally for being immature and ignorant. And if that's what you have done or do with people, your butt is immature and ignorant too. And some people call that being a babe in God. I call that being your immature you-know-what. Here's the truth. A word from God is not always going to be all sweet and nice and Joel Osteeny sweet. Not knocking Joel Osteen, but if we practice Joel Osteen's version of God, uh, you will probably go to hell. Because the truth of it is, God, if you read the Bible, two-thirds of it is about God punishing and killing people. You know what I'm saying? Go in the village, kill everybody, the children, the animals, don't bring nothing back. I mean, seriously, if you read about God in every religion, he is a God of vengeance and wrath. And and the Western culture, we want to water that down. And, you know, the Lord is so sweet and the Lord is so good. Yes, God is good, but God ain't taking no mess and he ain't playing. So those of you, those of you are, who are running around in la-la land wanting God to be rainbow bright and at Chuck E. Cheese somewhere with you, grow your behind up. That is not how this works. The truth of it is, you are either coming out of a storm, in the middle of a storm, or, he- or heading toward a storm in life. And you better be prepared. Now, the word says that trials and tribulations fall on the just as well as the unjust. So if you're going through a little hell right now, stop for a minute and ask yourself, God, why is this present? You know, I'm going to give you some truth, folks. When I went through all of this stuff with this summer, I would not know what white hat search engine optimization is. I would know would not know what Google AdWords are and a landing page and repurposing content and uh, backlinks and you know penguin. I wouldn't know what none of this junk was had God not allowed these people to screw me totally over. Now, did it suck? Yeah, it sucked. But sometimes God will allow us to go through affliction and tribulation in order to prepare us for where he's taking us. So now when I talk to networks, you know, I'm an expert for the show Fatal Attraction on TV1 and Oprah Winfrey Network. As an expert for a national television show, I'm also an expert for several national publications. I understand the value of ratings. I understand about quantifiable data. You know, God allowed someone to lie on me and put something out that was slanderous about me. So I look at T.D. Jakes, talk to Bishop. I talked to a bunch of my mentors, and they said, Dr. Young, You are a national celebrity now. You have millions of people that listen to you every week. He said, did you not think someone would criticize you? He said, as a matter of fact, you're not even legitimate until you get some haters. That's what Bishop Jake said, you know, and it's true. And, you know, like an idiot, I'm sitting up here focusing on one thing that's a lie that somebody did instead of the hundreds of wonderful things that are written and said about me. So if you right now are sitting up there feeling some kind of way because somebody done talked about you, lied on you, child, get over it. 
I guarantee you, the people that love you going to love you anyway. And I was with a family uh, three weeks ago, some clients of mine, and the father, a very, very sweet man, said to me, he said, Doc, I read that mess. He said, it made me angry when I saw it because I know you. And I've had several of my clients say that to me. And I'll be honest, I want to tell all of you I love you and thank you because being honest, I was feeling some kind of way. Well, I need to listen to this show myself after it goes off if I tell the truth. But, you know, had I not had somebody attack me, lie on me, and try to harm me, I would not know what repu- the value of having reputation and brand management. I would not understand the value of maintaining a good look on, uh, as it relates to social media or search engine optimization. And see, this company that I fired, they deliberately dis- disabled all my links. They deliberately went and took down all the things that would allow someone to find me so that they could come to me and say, well, hey, you, you might want to hire us for reputation management. That's like me telling you you need an exterminator, and I went and put a rat and some cockroaches in your house, right? Again. If you're going through hell right now because of your ex-husband, your ex-wife, your ex-fiance, hell, your, your own mess, let it go. What God has blessed, nobody can curse him. Believe me, he's blessed you. And I'm going to tell you what you do. Pay it forward. And I don't mean go get folks back. Go and write a compliment for the waiter that's waiting on you today or the waitress, or the manager of the restaurant. Uh, if you're staying at a hotel, tell the hotel general manager how good the maid was that cleaned your room and help her make up the bed. Hell, you don't make up your own bed, but you could perpetrate while you're out of town and help the maid clean up a little bit. I do it. You know, it's funny. When I was producing The Temptations, the guy with the deep voice, Melvin, uh, was helping the maid make up the bed one day, and I said, I looked at him, and I said, Melvin, what are you doing with his deep voice? He said, well... My mama was a maid. I almost want to go, Papa was a rolling. Okay, I won't. I won't. Everybody like, please don't. Okay, I won't. But the truth is, Melvin changed my life. This is a man with Grammys and gold records, a millionaire. He's helping the maid make him to bed. That was so beautiful. I remember when I was a child, one of my aunts helping the lady bust the table when me and Mama Neil went out to eat one Thanksgiving at a restaurant, and she stood up and started scraping the plate. <laughs> and my mother was so embarrassed, but my father, being the gentle, sweet man he was, he just looked and smiled. And see, now I make sure when I go places, I leave a good tip. I want to do unto others as I have them do unto me because, see, God is watching you. Those angels are watching you. The Holy Spirit is watching you. You are going to reap what you sow. Sow good things. When someone is speaking ill about someone, you be the person to stand up and say, you know what, excuse me, but that's my friend. Or maybe it may not even be somebody you know. Open your mouth and say, you know what, it's real easy for you to talk, but what if you were in their shoes? What if you were? Sometimes you have to be thankful to people that are telling you what you don't want to hear. It may not be relevant today, but tomorrow 
It may be your saving grace. So if they told you, you know, the Lord gave me a word for you, and I remember I've had that happen to me several times where people have come to me and they say, the Lord gave me a word for you, and the word was don't be so arrogant or don't be so haughty or don't be so uppity or whatever. And I'm like, you know what, you're jealous, envious, little, you know. But the truth of it is, down the road, my attitude cost me something. So today... I'm confident, and it comes across as cocky. But if you tell me I'm being cocky, thank you, because I don't mean to be, but I'll be damned if I'm not confident. If it seems like I know it all, I am. that's why they call me Dr. Young. I have worked hard and studied many hours. And, you know, some of you figured, well, he, went, he chose University of Sedona for grad school. And, well, that was the only school in the country that respected and embraced all religions and had a program dedicated toward the wholeness of one's being and offered a PhD in holistic coaching. So maybe you don't think I should have gone there. Child, I don't care what you think. (laughs) I had to write a thesis. I had hours upon hours upon hours of research and all of this, and they kicked my thesis back to me two or three times. I mean, my dissertation for my doctorate, I mean, so I don't care what you think. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, stop caring what these folks think. You know what? You came here by yourself, you're leaving by yourself. If they're not for you, oh, well. The people that are for you, embrace them, and the ones that are not, let them tell them to kiss you where the doorknob could have hit you. You know, life is too short, and death is too long to give a damn about what other people think of you. However, I will tell you to be mindful of two things. Pay attention to what you know about yourself, number one. And number two, really pay attention to what God is seeing because his word says, I come like a thief in the night. You already know that's sneaky because now they're doing home invasion during the day. But always at some point every day make it a point to live your life as if the Holy Spirit, angels of God, because the word says you never know when you may be entertaining angels. That's in God's word. So with all of that said, I want you to know that there is a God. Angels do exist. And more than anything else, God is on your side. Know that what he has blessed, no man can curse. And what I'm going to do today, uh, before we go out, I want you to make sure you, oh, and thank you. We hit the 43,000 mark on Facebook, but still like the page. Make sure on Blog Talk Radio you hit follow this program because we need the cumulative data, okay? Make sure you hit that. And then the other thing is I'm going to play something I want you to listen to as we go out. And just know that God has your back. Trust me, he does. We're going to finish up with Melba Moore, What Can I Do to Survive? I love you madly, most sincerely I do. Check this out, and I'll talk to you on Sunday night. By the way, have a nice day.